0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Welcome back to the MLB.com Ballpark Dimensions podcast. I'm your host, Mike Petriello, a writer and researcher at MLB.com, joined by Matt Myers, MLB.com National Content Editor. We are two weeks away from opening day as we record this it is thursday the 18th opening day is two weeks from today and i cannot believe it's that close i'm really excited as i know matt is as well so we are kind of shifting immediately into season preview mode today we're going to welcome in our friend and colleague anthony kastrovitz we're going to go through the american league we're each going to call out some uh, over, under, whether we're, we're on board or not, based on the fan crafts, wins projections. Um, we're going to do some award previews, surprising teams, disappointing teams. Next week, we will do the exact same thing for the National League with Sarah Langs. And then the week of opening day, Matt and I will do a podcast a little bit early because let's be honest, who wants to podcast during opening day? I know that I don't. So let's first welcome in Anthony Kastrovins. Anthony, hello. How is suburban Ohio treating you? You're excited for baseball? <laughs>
2: Suburban Ohio is, uh, well, to borrow your phrase, uh, aggressively fine. Uh, to borrow your <laughs> your description of our recording platform here, so it's, it's aggressively fine. I'm I'm aggressively fine, and uh, definitely looking forward to opening day in in a couple of weeks, which is kind of hard to imagine as I uh, look out my window at the at the moment. Isn't suburban Ohio like Pennsylvania? <laughs> That's actually actually a good point. Yeah, suburban Cleveland to be. More specific. Yeah, this,
1: this is how you know that my wife does absolutely not listen to our podcast because she is from suburban Ohio. <laughs> and so it's OK for me to, to say that. All right, we are going to start with the American League East. And uh, as I noted before, what we've done is we've looked at the the 2021 projected win totals on fan graphs. And uh, I, had, I have to say, I found them pretty reasonable. I found it kind of hard for a lot of these teams to say, I think, over uh, or I think under. But that's where we're going to do it. We're going to start with the East. We're going to start with the Yankees 95 wins over or under that's a, that's the highest win total in the American league. That is a pretty hefty total. Uh, Anthony, if you want to go first over or under a 95
2: for the Yankees, uh, that actually sounds about right. You know, I mean, if anything, maybe a a smidge under or a smidge over, you know, I just, that's the, first of all, that's the only team that they have over 90 wins, um, which speaks to the American league in general, but, um, You know, we we see these situations where any team that has the capability of winning north of 95, a lot of times it it doesn't even happen because they take their foot off the gas late in the year, or or maybe they're in a difficult division that kind of bogs down that total of course year, no matter their particular quality, but... Um, but you know, if I had to peg a number to the Yankees, 95 really sounds good to me. You, you can't start with a push. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, on. but that's, <laughs> that's just how I feel. That's I got fine. other, I got other, I mean, I think there's other, I do think we're going to have another 90 win team in the American league. So I guess I got to have an over somewhere on here, but it's not the Yankees.
1: Oh, okay. Push. That's, that's aggressively weak. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt, do better. <laughs> uh,
3: I'm going with the under. Uh, I just think there's too many questions in the rotation. Um, I still think they're gonna be a very good team. And uh, I won't give away my division pick, but I think that you know they will certainly be in the mix for AL East, but uh, I'm going to go um, slightly under 95 wins.
1: I went over. I did. And I don't feel great about it because um, even though Anthony's choice was kind of cowardly, I agree with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think 95 is pretty good. I do think people uh, maybe – overthink their uh, their rotation concerns a little bit like i'm pretty optimistic about the rotation I, I think Garrett cole's great i know there's a lot of questions and i know that the fans of the next team will be really mad because i'm going to say the exact opposite about them but i'm going to say over i think this lineup is potentially really good and if this is the year judge and Stanton stay healthy even part of the time uh they're going to mash so i'm over on the yankees matt under and anthony in the middle uh we are the three bears of projecting teams like this <laughs> Uh, Toronto Blue Jays, this is a fun one. 88 wins. And I'm going to jump ahead of you guys. I'm going under. I'm going under on the Blue Jays. I really, really want to be in. I think the lineup's going to be great. And it's not just the big names. Like, I'm excited about Teoscar Hernandez and Lourdes Gurriel and Rowdy Telez. But man, that rotation, like, if Hyunjin Ryu gets hurt, their number one starter is Robbie Ray. And that's terrifying to me. I'm under. I'm under.
3: Yeah, it drops off pretty quickly um, with Ray as the number two. There was some hope for Nate Pearson, but he's having, like, what, he's having a groin issue. It just seems like he yeah, can never, never stay healthy. Um, and it's too bad because he could be a lot of fun you know, throwing 100 miles an hour and such. I am going to take the under here as well.
2: I'm going to go over. Um, and I kind of have to go over because I picked the Blue Jays to win the AL East uh, like <laughs> on January 1st. And I've painted myself into that corner and there's no getting out of it. actually on yeah, November 1st. I think I picked that so I, I can't get out of that uh, box. I put myself in um, and then I further uh, added to that by, by saying the Yankees will win 95 games. So I guess the Blue Jays got to win 96 now. But um, but look, I, I don't think it's crazy to think. That they'll go over eighty-eight wins. Maybe AL East is is crazy given the rotation concerns you guys just mentioned. I do think they're gonna have a really good bullpen, um, and they're gonna score runs, or they should, uh, with, with the competition composition of this lineup. Um, I'm looking here at Pachota has them at eighty-four, and the Yankees at ninety-nine. So there's your four. Uh, you know, I guess the Yankees a uh, sweep of four-game series uh, in the minds of Pachota that that fangrass isn't seeing, but. Um, I, I, just, I don't know if the discrepancy is as great as these projections are making out between the Yankees and blue Jays. I know it's probably a stretch that the blue Jays could overtake the Yankees and, and win the AL East. But, um, you know, you guys mentioned the rotation, uh, depth concerns for the Yanks and, and, uh, you know, Zach Britton's injury, maybe it's a minor thing in the long run, but it's, it definitely affects the bullpen in the short term. So, um, I, I just don't think it's crazy. The blue Jays could, could run down the Yanks. Did you just say there's a 15 win projected gap? <laughs> That's
1: uh, a Yeah, yeah. That seems heavy. That seems heavy to me. The Blue, but anyway, the Matt, Blue Jays. The Blue Jays lineup
3: is re- is going to be fun. It's really the, good. Blue Jays game is going to be fun. You know, they've got like I'm looking at the, the projected depth chart here on Fangraphs that has Rowdy Tellez hitting eighth, um, yeah. and he's got some sneaky power. So this is a this is a dangerous lineup.
1: Can you just imagine some of those Dunedin games with those two lineups and like Tanner Roark starting? <laughs> 17 to eight at the end of four. Uh, So Matt and I are under and Anthony is wrong. Okay. So, sorry, Anthony. The the Red Sox are the next team. And do you think it's fair to say this is, I don't know, one of the more divisive teams? Um, 85 wins. And Matt, where are you on the Red Sox? Over, under, 85?
3: Um, It's weird because I think conventional wisdom has the Red Sox as like a 500 team at best. I think I'm I'm sort of of the belief that i think 85 is closer to the reality but i still think i'm still slightly under i think i'm more like they're going to be like an 83 win team
1: (laughs) well you basically took all of the words directly out of my mouth i went under (laughs) as well for all those reasons i like the top like three hitters in the lineup you know bogart's Devers are great and Dalbeck is interesting but i think the pitching is still a problem uh Anthony, is this one where you, I think you've, you've disagreed with Matt and I each of the first two. So where are we on the red Sox?
2: <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm in the, uh, compartment of conventional wisdom here. I, I think they're 500 at best. Uh, yeah, that's kind of that, that stars and scrubs model. Um, and, and that's by design when you, when you trade one of the biggest stars in the game and, and kind of start to dream it all up again, they, they do retain a, a lot of talent and we'll see how Chris sale, you know, comes back this year. But ultimately I, I just don't think they have the horses and the, and the depth to, uh, to justify this kind of projection.
1: So that's an under that's three unders. Congratulations, Red Sox fans. (laughs) Um, Tampa Bay at 84 wins the fourth place, the defending American league champions. Uh, You may have heard they had an unpopular winner. They traded away Blake Snell. They did not sign Charlie Morton. And yet I'm kind of optimistic about them. I I'm over on 84 because I think the, uh, the pitching depth is maybe the best in the league. And I think a full year of Randy Rosarena, and you got Austin Meadows coming back. I, I'm actually kind of in on the Rays, even though like everybody hates the Rays for their winner.
2: Yeah, I'm over on the Rays as well. And uh, I, I know there will be someone out there at the end of this who will uh, hit me up on Twitter and, and tell me my you know, my math doesn't add up uh, with my over and unders here uh, in terms of division. I'll be <laughs> giving out way too many wins or way too few. Um, so just know that I am flying by the seat of my pants here. But but emotionally, <laughs> that feels correct that they would be over. 84 wins. Uh, it's, it's weird because the computers usually overestimate the Rays. I think in this case they're probably underestimating them. I, I think their I think their pitching depth. You know, it's it's easy to uh, not get over the fact that they traded one of their best pitchers over the winter in Blake Snell, but they still have a fantastic amount of pitching depth. Uh, Shane McClanahan. I always want to call him Shane McGowan. Uh, he's he, he's been kind of uh, opening a lot of eyes in, in spring training. I, I know scouts love him. Um, they they got a lot of depth in general, and I think their lineup is actually not bad. Uh, I, I know it's not uh, a super imposing lineup like that of the Yankees and the Blue Jays, but you know the, the Rays they find a way. Um, they typically do, and I'm not saying they're going to be an AL pennant winner again. I think that was really the product of last year's schedule and, and them being able to maximize that schedule. Um, but I, I do think they're better than 84 wins.
1: I don't want to spoil the next segment here, Anthony, but I, I do have one of the other two divisions where I am over on all five teams. <laughs> which I guess is not really possible, but you know, they play interleague play in the other divisions. So maybe it is possible. Matt, where are you on the raise?
3: I'm on the over. Um, I've said it before on this podcast. I, it's just a team that always, the total is always greater than the sum of the parts and the depth is, is impressive. Um, you, like you just see, you know, you see them bring in like Rich Hill. And it's like, okay, that's like the most raised move ever. And you know, they're going to figure out a way to get something out of him. Same with like Michael Waka, You know, any other team signs Michael Walker and you're like kind of grown. And then it's like the Ray is like, okay, well, what's what's going to happen here? So I'm, um, you know, I'm I'm drinking the Kool Aid.
1: Baltimore, 95 losses. You'll notice I led with the losses and not the win total. It's 65. If you're interested, uh, Matt, continue. Baltimore, are we? Is it time yet? Are we ready for Baltimore?
3: Um, no, I'm going to go. I guess I'm going to go under on wins and over on losses. There, I uh, yeah. just think it's, it's such a tough division. You know. I think the Red Sox are going to be better than they were last year, as are the Blue Jays. The Rays and the Yankees will be about as good. Maybe the Rays will take maybe a slight step back, but I just think it's just going to be really hard over the course of a season for them to sort of – last year, they had a little bit of a surprise in the short season. Um, I just can't see it happening, especially since I could see them also trading off players over the course of the season that might be able to add prospects for them down the road.
1: Who who who, who are their tradable guys? Um,
3: you know, you never know if there's a reliever who's going to emerge, I or guess. you know, just you know, like any, you know, I, Yulmer I, I, Sanchez. I, yeah, now you're putting me on the spot. I guess you know. So it's <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Yulmer Sanchez. <laughs> you never, you never know. Um, so it, it could be any, number, you know, it could be. I guess you know, it could be someone like Mancini or Santander, like who maybe aren't exactly part of the rebuild, but are you know players that could help someone else. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm under on this, by the way, too. I think there are 104 losses uh anthony are you the same
2: uh well i got the blue jays over their projection by a minimum of eight wins so those eight wins <laughs> gotta come somewhere so I, <laughs> 67 seems like a lot for the o's i'm gonna go under on the o's for for all the reasons i already mentioned there's no sense in piling on
1: so we if you look back at the division we did actually end up uh, in some agreement we're all under on the o's at 67 we were all over on the Rays at 84 and under on the red Sox at 85 and that's some um, disagreement at the top of the division. And I guess that aligns pretty well with what people think. Like this is somewhat of a two horse race, but I'm going to probably pick the Rays over the Blue Jays. And I just feel like Twitter is going to be really mad at me for that. But you know, why would that be different from any other day? We're going to take a quick break. We will come back and look at the AL Central.
0: Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. Roman is the official partner of Major League Baseball. That's getroman.com/mlb. getroman.com/mlb
1: Welcome back to the MLB.com Ballpark Dimensions podcast. It's our 2021 American League preview. Mike Petriello, Matt Myers, Anthony Kastrovitz. We just went through the American League East looking at the over and under projected win totals from Fangraphs. We're going to move on to the Central And according to Fangraphs, there is a tie at the top of the division, 87 wins apiece for the White Sox and the Twins. It appears that the White Sox are projected to be the winner there by like a fraction of a percentage point. So we'll start with the White Sox, Uh, 87 wins. And if you look down the division, there's no obvious like big time favorite here in the sense that I think people think there would be 87 wins for the top two teams, 81 for Cleveland, 77 for the Royals, 72 for the Tigers, 87 for the White Sox, maybe baseball's most hyped non-San Diego team Anthony over on the White Sox at 87 or under
2: well somebody's got to be over 87 because somebody's got to win the division uh so mathematically uh I, I'll go over I'm probably gonna go over for the twins just as a preview but I'm gonna go over for the White Sox as well uh, I I think that there's maybe my biggest question with the White Sox is more about organizational history than anything related to this particular group it's just it has they have a history of just underwhelming uh, in, in these moments where you expect great things from them, and then they, you know, they fall apart in September. And I'm not saying that's what will happen here, but that that kind of uh, you know couches my enthusiasm a little bit. But um, that's another team where I think the bullpen looks really good. I think the rotation looks very good, and uh, and the lineup is super fun. So I, I don't see why this team shouldn't be able to take the next step and, and take over the division this year. But but again, there there is that. Uh, that looming question in the back of my mind, like, is it okay to get excited about the White Sox, or are they going to just pull the rug out from underneath me?
1: You, that really sounds like a Mets preview,
2: by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, ask a White Sox fan; they they know it's not as uh, it's it's not quite as dramatic as as what happens uh, in Queens, but it, it happens. All right, over for Anthony Matt.
3: Uh, well, you know, if you've listened to this podcast, you know I'm going to be over on the White Sox. I'm definitely buying in. Uh, the White Sox uh, are also buying in. I don't know if you saw the quote from Lucas Giolito. Um, we're super nasty, he said yesterday. Um, Tim Anderson has also had a similar quote about how they are the the team to beat. Um, so they believe in themselves. Um, they were actually pretty good last year. You know, that's that shouldn't be forgotten. Granted, you know, short season and all that. But um, I believe in this team. I think they're going to be very good. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm over on, on the uh, on the White Sox.
1: Yeah, I'm over on that, too. But I I worry there's kind of collapse potential. Like, I think they're going to be great and fun, no doubt about it. But I just I don't I don't love their depth in the rotation. They have three good starting pitchers, and I'm not sure that they have a fourth and they might need like six, you know, so that that's my concern a little bit. But I do agree with you, Anthony that the bullpen is uh, maybe a little underrated. Like I really like the guys they have out in the bullpen. Although, so far in spring training, and we know this is the only thing that matters, they've been the worst team in the Cactus League. (laughs) So make sure to carry that over. Uh, I think, Anthony, you already said you were over on the Twins at 87. Uh, Maybe you've already guessed which division I'm going to be over on every single team on. It's this one, because I'm over on the Twins too. Uh, Why are you over on the Twins?
2: Yeah, I'm over on the Twins. Um, You know, you go back to 2019, and uh, it's really been a, a powerhouse club since that point. I know that it, the October struggles are pretty pronounced to say the least historically pronounced, but um, this is just a really, it's just a really solid ball club in a lot of areas. I, I think adding Andrelton Simmons, while it doesn't do much for them offensively, it, it does improve their defense, obviously. Um, I, I think their pitching is underrated just from a depth perspective, just the number of arms they got there and, and can call up from within their system. And they, they got guys who can throw some gas uh, in their bullpen. And, um, you know, I, I didn't love their winner, uh, but, but, I, I try not to get uh, overly emotional about any team's winner to be honest with you and, and this one included um so i just think ultimately i think the white Sox and twins are both capable of and, and in all likelihood probably 90 plus win teams so i 87 just feels short for me for both of them
1: matt are you over as well i'm slight over
3: um i you know i think i think they will they're more like a Eighty nine, ninety one team. So it's a slight over for me. For the same reasons Anthony mentioned, I'm still hoping for that. You know that Byron Buxton fully healthy season, as we all are. um And there's enough other like high level talent on this team to make up for the losses of like you know Eddie Rosario and Trevor May, who were big were big parts of what they did
1: last year. All right, I'm over too. So so far we are both uh, we're all three for three on being over in the top two teams. Cleveland, Anthony's hometown team, eighty one wins. A five hundred team. I think I'm over on this because Shane Bieber is the best pitcher in the league and maybe the majors. Jose Ramirez is one of the six or seven best position players in baseball. The uh they always seem to have enough pitching, like James Karanchak is gonna be great. And I like Plezak and I like Savale. And sort of with the Rays, I'm kind of a big believer in uh going over on bad tastes, you know, like people are like, Oh, they traded Lindor and Carrasco, what are they doing? and Fair. What are they doing? But it doesn't make them a, a lousy team. I think they're the third best team, but I'm willing to buy that Terry Francona can get them to like 83 wins. So I'm over. Matt? I think I'm under. Um, I just, there's just something, it's not
3: even about the, the, they. I guess it's, yeah, I think it's just the the, the downgrade from um, Lindor, even though I think Jimenez, Andres Jimenez, who's going to replace him at shortstop is pretty good. It just feels like weird that they went, they made that trade for Lindor and they also got Ahmed Rosario, who seems like he's going to end up being kind of like the odd man out, even though he's got a fair amount of upside still, I think. So it almost thinks that they they didn't get quite enough in like current value in making that trade because once they went and signed Cesar Hernandez to play second base, it almost like forced them to choose between Jimenez and Rosario at shortstop. And now they're trying Rosario in the outfield. And that's, you know, was a disaster in his first outing. I think he made three errors. Um, That went great. It was fun. (laughs) Um, and I, and I'm someone who thinks he probably, you know, he sort of profiles there, but it just, it seems like kind of a mess. And it, to me, it seems like they would have been better off when they made that trade, not signing Hernandez, playing Rosario at short Jimenez at second and maybe spending a little more money on improving the outfield situation. Cause they still have Oscar Mercado in center field, which I don't really believe in. I don't know, Castro, you're very close to this team. I'm curious to hear your take on all that.
2: Yeah, I am especially close to this team. And because of that 81, this is another push for me just because I can give you 10 legitimate reasons why they'll be over and I can give you 10 legitimate reasons why they'll be under uh, 500. Um, So I'll just split the difference and and say 500. I I think there are some areas of this team that are probably easy to overlook. And and there's people within that organization who are kind of thinking they they think they're better than people think uh, because it's easy to follow the narrative of, you know, we traded Lindor and Carrasco and now, uh, we're going to stink. Whereas, you know, they they look at it and they see uh, some good transition happening. Um, Josh Naylor is a real wild card in all of this. You know, they got him in the Mike Clevenger trade last year and they, they desperately need to have the outfield shored up and he'll be a big part of that. They bring in Eddie Rosario. I think there's a not totally unrealistic chance that, not that he's going to totally replicate what Francisco Lindor brings to a ball club, but, you know, he could have a comparably positive impact on on a team uh when you add everything up and uh they'll probably be a little bit better defensively uh you know i don't know center field is is a huge question mark you mentioned rosario they don't seem to know what to do with him Uh, but i really think the big the big x factor here is the rotation as it tends to be with this team and uh cal Quantrill uh is not far removed from being a, a you know pretty prominent prospect he's in, the, in their depth group at this point, Tristan McKenzie is, is coming up to the big leagues, and we saw him a little bit last year. And then Logan Allen is throwing the you-know-what out of the ball in spring training. So I, I just think that it's kind of easy to overlook uh, their, their depth of options in the rotation that are going to be you know pretty important as, as the season gets stretched back out to 162. So, yeah, there, there's a bullish argument for him, and, and there's a bearish argument against him. If you if
1: you take a push on a projected 500 record, I think that's the most vanilla take you could possibly come (laughs) up
2: with. (laughs) I mean, it just feels that just feels right. Like 500. Yeah, it's probably a 500 team. It it feels like a 500 team. Yeah. To be to be clear, my
1: over was like 83 wins, not 93 wins. (laughs) they've got a lot of problems there and they will have a new name and new uniforms before they will have an above average outfield group. I mean, that's been an issue for several years. Speaking of teams who think they are better than I think they probably are, the Royals are 77 projected wins. And um, I think everybody's kind of like on board the Royals train in the sense they had a pretty good winter. You know, they traded for Carlos Santana and they signed Mike Minor. And um, I really liked how they brought back like six guys from the 2015 team like this is the first time in 15 years they won't have alex gordon but like oh wade davis is back greg holland irvin santana is there huh i like, couldn't they dig up i don't know like alex rios or somebody oh gerard dyson came back so 77 wins uh for a team that thinks they want to contend this year i'm not sure i see it but matt 77
3: i think i'm taking the under um there's a, there's there there are some positive vibes about around this team and there's like there's some things to like. I just don't see like a ton of. I see more downside than upside. How's that? Like I just you know like I think that we've already kind of seen the best of Whitmerfield and you know the best of Salvador Perez and the best of Carlos Santana. So it's like okay, who's gonna like come out and be better than you would expect? And that's where I just don't you know I can maybe see. Alberto Mondesi, maybe I think he could be fun if he could get that OBP up to even like three twenty and maybe steal sixty bases, which would be cool because like no one does that anymore. Um But other than that, I just think there's two, there's not anyone. I'm like, okay, I, I could see them exceeding expectations, and for that reason, um, I'm taking the under.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm sort of with you, except I am taking the over, but in the sense that it's like seventy nine and eighty three. You know, it's not it's not like a super optimistic over. And I'm mostly just interested to see if they start Bobby Witt Jr. in the majors, which would be cool, I guess, but also kind of nuts because I'm like currently in the midst of trying to find the last non-rule five, non-college guy who skipped over uh, everything other than Rookie League to get to the majors. And it's really hard to do. So I, I think they are working towards something, but it's not this year. Anthony, 77
2: well, first of all, the Bobby Witt thing, like if that's going to happen anywhere, it's going to happen in Kansas City. That's just kind of how they operate when they when they decide a guy's ready, he's ready and he comes up. Um, and and Matt's probably right uh, with his uh, analysis of, of the situation. There's there's probably a lot more that can go wrong here that can go right. But I'll go over just to just to uh, be at the optimistic site. Uh, yeah, it might be like 78 wins, but um, I, I do think the lineup is kind of interesting, actually, Uh you know, again, I know Whit Merrifield could could fall off the table here and, and Carlos Santana, et cetera. Um, Mondesi, you go the last few weeks of 2020, whatever that's worth. He was one of the best players in baseball the last few weeks, like after a an abysmal start to the year. Um, ben Attendee is Ben attendee. And I'm, I'm not like as jazzed about that addition as, as some others, but we are um, not either. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you know, it, it's better than what they had. So I guess there's that. Um, I I think they have a serviceable rotation you know Brad Keller's been quietly pretty good Danny Duffy can be pretty good Brady Singer could take a step forward etc I think the bullpen they always tend to find bullpen pieces there and and they have some nice ones right now so I'll go like 78 79 wins that that feels right
1: and finally the Tigers at 72 and I already said I was going to pick everybody in this division over so I'm going over but again not far over this is still the weakest team but I am oddly excited to watch the tigers and it's not just because of the the young starting pitching like yeah i want to see casey mize and matt manning and tariq scuba and all these guys and i I think that'll be pretty cool um but i'm sort of in on like heimer candelario having an actual breakout like sustaining it from last year i want to see you know what willie castro and nico Goodrum could do like this is not going to be a good team but for the last couple years they have not been i don't know aesthetically pleasing is that the right way to say it and this year i will probably tune into a decent amount of tigers games because it's like oh yeah there's there's a ton of guys i want to watch uh so my over on them is like you know 74 they, they won't be great um matt where are you on tigers
3: um probably an over for like almost the opposite reason of the the royals like the lineup is the lineup. For- I'm looking at a projected lineup for the Tigers and it's like kind of it's like a definitely it's one of those lineups that like 10 years from now we'll be like, oh remember some guys. Like let's go look back at the 2021 Tigers. Like Wilson Ramos was on the team. No more Mazzara. Like Renato Nunez. <laughs> exactly. But the because of these young pitchers that they have, like there's a there's some upside there over the course of the season. This is the kind of team that like might imp, like like legitimately just improve. Um, assuming you believe in Mize and Scoobol and Matt Manning. Like there there's that so that's why I, 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 like the arc of this team compared to, um, at least the, you know, other, like, sort of like the lower, the, the, the second tier teams compared to, um, you know, the Orioles or the, the Royals for 2021.
1: Uh, so I'll take, I'll take a slide over on them. Castro, you're not going to push on 72, are you? <laughs>
2: no, depending on how my math checks out, I guess I'll go under. Um, just, I, I just think it's, a, when it's more pitching based, uh, the transition at the big league level, I just think that takes time, and you know, Manning and, and, and uh, excuse me, Mize and, and Scuoble and the like. I, I think there's just there's just a lot of growth that has to happen there, and that just takes time. And and where are the runs going to come from? And they have some fun bats in their system, but uh, you know, are we going to see Riley Green this season? I don't know that that's going to happen. So, um, so yeah, I, I'll go under there. Four more years
1: of Miguel Cabrera's contract.
2: Right. I don't yeah. know how that's
1: possible. Four more. Years. All right. I went over on all five. Matt and Anthony went over on three of the five, but not the same five. Um, I think everybody thinks the White Sox and Twins will both win more than 87 games. It should be one of the more fun division races of the season. We will take another quick break, come back with the AL West, which I have to say I found to be the most excruciating one to go through. There's a lot happening there. We'll be right back.
4: This past year has shown us that without your health, you have nothing. If you're not well, you can't work, look after yourself, or take care of your family. You can't enjoy the life you've worked so hard to build. That's why you need to prioritize taking care of your long-term health today, before it goes from good to bad to worse. So invest in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early before it's too late and catching them early could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. Everyone's health history is different, which is why Forward doctors personalize a health plan with you, based on your genetics, lifestyle, and biometrics to achieve long-term results and ensure nothing gets missed. It's time to invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Go to GoForward.com today to protect your future health. That's GoForward.com. GoForward.com.
1: We're back on the mlb.com ballpark dimensions podcast mike petriello matt myers and anthony kestervance we've gone through the al east and al central in our 2021 american league preview we are going to go to the american league west and each pick over-unders on fan projected win totals i uh, choose some award winners mvp rookie beer and cy young and kind of go through who's going to win it all who's going to come out of the american league now i don't know about you guys i found this division really, really difficult because, yeah, I don't think the Rangers will be good. I don't think the Mariners will be very good. That's fine. But you can argue for each of the other three teams and you can also make enormous arguments against all of them. So I didn't really have a good feel for kind of anybody here. The Astros are projected to be at first uh, in 88 wins. And I had said like a couple weeks ago, oh, people are sort of sleeping on the Astros. Like I didn't think that was possible with all the attention they've gotten. But, you know, you look at Verlander's hurt and Cole is gone and Springer's gone and all these guys and That sort of overlooks like how good Granky and Framber Valdez and Jose Arquiti and these guys are. And then Framber Valdez got hurt. And then Forrest Whitley got hurt. And then Alex Bregman had a hamstring issue. Uh, It does sound like Valdez won't miss the whole year, which is nice. But now I I don't know what to make of them. 88 wins for the Astros to you, Anthony.
2: Uh, I'm going to go under. I I don't get it. Uh, I, I mean, I do get it. There's a lot of track record in this lineup. And, uh, that, that probably goes a long way towards the projections, you know, continually, you know, last year they were really strong on the Astros as well. And they just didn't play very well throughout the regular season. They obviously took it up a notch in the, in the postseason. but, um, but my main concern is just, and it's a concern we had last year. It's just, they had some really, they had some really inexperienced pitchers step up for them. I just don't see the depth there. You know, I, I don't see the, the war of attrition, uh, working out very well for the Astros and in, in now that it's a, you know, back to a full season. Um, I like Jake Odorizzi a lot. And that was at that point, a, a truly necessary signing given what else was going on in their rotation. But I, I just worry that they, they don't have enough pieces, you know, to, to get the quality innings they're going to need to, to get through the full season. So I'm, I'm going to go under on the Astros.
1: Yeah, me, me too. If you would asked me three weeks ago, I probably would have said over. And now I've just, I've lost a lot of confidence. Uh, it's funny, you know, spring training doesn't matter except when it does, I suppose, Matt.
3: Um, I'm gonna say the under, but I still think they, like I still think like, this is a division that could be won with like 87 wins. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so I could see them winning 86 or 87 wins and winning or being within like a game of the division title.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think yeah. that makes sense because you know, like I said, any of these top three teams, you can really like pick them apart pretty easily. Speaking of which, the Angels, uh, 84 wins. Now, I think everybody knows the Angels story, right? Like Trout rules. Anthony Rendon rules Shohei Otani looks actually really good do they have enough pitching I don't know 84 wins actually seems kind of low so I'm gonna go over that but only to the extent that I think they're like an 87 win team uh Anthony agree disagree
2: uh 85 they'll win 85 games I guess that's over guess. I'm a little worried about this division now because this is where a little homework on my part would have helped if I would actually jotted it down you know wins because I I don't th- think the angels are going to be a playoff team and i'm worried that i might have just made them one with uh my one game over here but um there's there's a lot of hype around them suddenly in spring training which is interesting i think a lot of that's just based off shohei otani you know being a world beater again and and uh looking like the two-way thing could work again but i don't know i think a lot of this is a mirage and and i'm I'm just i I still go back to them just having a, a lot of quantity and not much quality in their pitching in their pitching group and um you know, and I don't know, I don't know how the pieces parts necessarily mesh together very well in that lineup. So, and, and I'm just, I'm kind of not feeling that the Sotani thing is is going to work for the full season, the way, <laughs> the way it's working so well in spring training right now, because it's just a different thing to prepare for that, you know, day in and day out and do that every week. So, um, that's a really weird way to, to, uh, conclude a, uh, over prediction but <laughs> but again it just comes down to the division i think i think it's gonna be a muddled mess of of you know three teams with you know in, in the mid 80s somewhere and one of them's gonna happen to win the division
3: um i'm gonna go with the over i just i this, i'm not sure how scientific it is i just i feel good a, a bit a bit better about this this uh this angels team um I, maybe it's just like I feel like some at some point some of it's you know like things are going to go right for them. I feel like every year things just kind of go bad for them. Maybe this is like law of averages. I also, like they have a new um, new GM Parrymanazian who has a you know comes from the Braves, where I felt like they the Braves have done a very good job of, of sort of winning on the margins over the years, and that was sort of a, a real weak point for the um, for the Angels in the past few seasons. So maybe a little bit of a benefit of the doubt there. So I'm going to go with the over.
1: Uh, it's an over for all three of us, but yeah, I don't think any of us are terribly optimistic about it. Now the angels, excuse me, the athletics, uh, our next team at 83 wins are really interesting. 83 and 79. That is a projected winning percentage of five twelve. And I thought this was kind of interesting. Three years ago, they won 60% of their games. Two years ago, they won 60% of their games last year. They won 60% of their games. And it's obviously not the same team. Like Liam Hendricks is gone and Tommy Lestella is gone. And, uh, Robbie Grossman is gone. And I think People are you know, not that excited about the A's because they didn't really do much at all up until the last couple of weeks. And I I get it and I don't love them in the sense that I loved them last year. But the way I kind of look at them is, you know, they were pretty good last year and Matt Chapman got hurt. Matt Olson didn't do much at all and Piscotti wasn't very good and Luzardo was just OK and AJ Puck didn't really pitch. And I feel like I've learned my lesson with them maybe in the same way I have with the Braves. Um, I don't think they are a 600 winning percentage team again, but uh, an 83 wins, I will take the over on that Matt A's over.
3: I'm taking the under. Oh, um, I just think the lineup, I like the top of their lineup. Um, but it, it just, it really just kind of falls off. Um, you know, when you get to the, the bottom of that lineup, when you're looking at, you know, Mitch Moreland and Steven Piscati, Elvis Andrews, Tony Kemp, I'm just, I'm not really feeling that lineup in 2021. um, and the, yeah, Chris Bassett was great last year. I just don't have a ton of faith in him. And you know, all these young pitchers they've been hyping for years, um, have never really been able to put it. To, you know, I'm talking about like AJ Puck and you know Jesus Lazardo. It just feels like it's just I don't know something's missing there for me. Um, so I'm going to go uh, under partially to balance out my over on the Angels.
2: Yeah, I get that. I'm going to go over uh, over 83 because I, I again I think they'll be in that mix of of, of teams of this division that are in the mid 80s and 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 have a chance uh, late in the year. It just been, depends on who happens to play well in, in August and September. I think there's a realistic scenario where the A's win the division again. I think there's an equally realistic scenario where they totally fall off the table because they they took some big hits this offseason. season. But um, I do I do really think their rotation could be a legitimate top ten rotation in MLB. I don't think that's like too hard to envision uh, w- with the talent there, with the young talent there. Um, I do think they're going to figure it out in the bullpen. It looks a lot different without Liam Hendricks in the back, but you know Trevor Rosenthal is, is depending on which Trevor Rosenthal they get. Uh, it could be a, a really impactful pickup for them. And Sergio Romo has been there and done that. And they just this team that just figures it out, you know, they just find a way. And I just feel like they're going to find a way again to just, you know, be in that mix.
1: Life finds a way, and so do the A's, is what That's I'm right. there. Uh, But hey, I'm with you. I picked the over, right? Uh, Seattle at 74 wins. I think, I don't think this team is going to be very good. But it's one of those not good seasons that feels like it helps. It's going to help define when they are good next, you know, because like Kelnick got hurt, so will will make the opening day roster, but he'll be up later. And you have some of the young guys who are, are arriving. They're not like four or five years away anymore. So I'm taking the under on Seattle at 74, but I don't I don't look at that as a as an unsuccessful year if, you know, you trade uh, like, you know, Hanniger for somebody good and Sheffield proves that he's like actually going to be a guy you can rely on and that sort of stuff so matt seattle 74 i think
3: i'm taking the over partially because i think the rotation's pretty good um in a way that like you know like i think i might take their rotation over like the blue Jays rotation wow um marco gonzalez is like quietly you know pretty okay every year uh showing some velo in spring and i want to buy too much into it but it's really interesting paxton Always a wild card because of his health, but um, you know Chris Flexen coming back from the KBO where he was dominant is a really interesting name for 2021. So the 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 rotation coupled with maybe like the arrival of Kelnick, you know, adding a spark. um, I think that probably Kyle Lewis isn't as good as he looked last year. Um, I'm rooting for him, but I'm a little skeptical. Um, But uh,
2: I will take the over on 74. I am. I'm just frustrated by this team. I'm taking the over, <laughs> by the way. First of all, I mean, the, the, and part of that's the division. I think there'll be opportunities to win within this division. I think it's going to be kind of a muddled mess, and I'm just frustrated by this team because I wrote this over the winter. I really think there was an opportunity here to really accelerate uh, the rebuild, restructure, whatever you want to call it, and they didn't really do that outside of you know adding Paxton, which was nice, but um, I, I just think there was an opportunity to really. Uh, really push forward, uh, because to Matt's point, I mean, the rotation could actually be sneaky, kind of good. They rebuilt the bullpen that could be okay. Um, and the lineup is not, uh, imposing by stretch of the imagination, but there's, there's some guys in there who are interesting and you know, Ty France is, could be pretty good for them. Uh, Taylor Trammell will be up this year. Uh, you mentioned Kelnick, of course, um, Logan Gilbert, by the way, another big prospect for them, you know, could be part of the rotation. So, uh, I, I think there's a non-unrealistic scenario where the Mariners are way better than people expect. I'm not saying a playoff team, but just just better than people expect, and, and really take that next step in the rebuild. But I would like to have seen them just make some better depth additions, just so you you know felt good about them on paper going into the year. And finally, the Texas
1: Rangers at 72 wins. Here's a fun question: How many starting pitchers can you name for the Texas Rangers?
2: Feel free to shout one out. Uh, Dane Dunning. Okay, one. The uh, not uh, uh, not, not the, the
1: opening day starter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, uh, well, Lance lynn is gone. Uh, yeah, good Yes, go hey. Arihara, yes, and that's probably going to be the extent of my contribution to this segment.
1: <laughs> Matt, don't you edit the site? Wasn't there like an article about opening day starters? Did we not run that yet?
2: Yeah, oh, well, they got they Kyle, got faulty Gib-
1: by the way. <laughs> Here we go. Kyle Gibson, Matt Fultenevich, and Jordan, Jor- Jordan Lyles, Jordan Lyles, yes, there you Ooh, go. Somehow, potentially yeah. Kyle Cody. Jordan Lyles is somehow
3: 30 years old. I feel like he should, like, it's like he's just, I mean, it's, he, it feels like he should be like 45, just he's been around forever. He's the youngest 30-year-old in the majors.
1: See, I'm, I'm glad I got to ask that question because it meant I didn't have to answer it, which I guess tells you a little bit about where I'm going on 72 wins here. It is under, I mean, this team is not going to be very good. I actually kind of liked their winner. You know, I liked trading for Nate Lowe. I think he's interesting. I loved picking up David Dahl. I like Isaiah kiner falefa at shortstop. I think that'll be fun. And I think, you know, Ronald Guzman has looked great apparently this spring and maybe Joey Gallo stays healthy and it's not going to matter because the pitching staff is not very good and they're going to win something that starts in the 60s, I think. So I'm under Anthony.
2: Yeah, I'm under. I, I think there's going to be, you know, everything must go mid-season. Anything that uh, has any value at-, at the trade deadline, they should look to. I mean, that includes Gallo and um, you know, David Dahl, if if he can bounce back for them, he would be a nice. Uh, he could become a nice trade piece for them. I, I just think that's just the mode they're in right now.
3: Exactly. I think whatever what I said about the Orioles applies to them even more so because they actually have some pieces who, at the deadline, could be like really valuable. Like if, if Joey Gallo could come anywhere close to approximating his 2019 performance. Of course, he got hurt in the middle of the year, but like you know, where he had a 141 44 weighted runs created a plus. He will be like the hottest name on the trade market because he's not a free agent until after the 2022 season. So I could see him actually, you know, commanding um, some some legitimate prospects. You know, kind of the same goes for Kyle Gibson, who's on like a pretty reasonable three-year deal, I think, that goes through next year. So he's the kind of pitcher that like, okay, this is the guy that, you know, could be really valued on the trade market this summer, especially since he wouldn't be just a pure rental. So this is a team that I think that is probably going to look worse as the season goes on in some ways because – they don't really have a ton of prospects who are going to come and like, improve the roster, and they but they do have some pretty valuable veterans who will be uh, valuable trade pieces. So I'm going under.
1: So I think we are all in agreement on that. So that's, let's see, the fourth American League team we are all in agreement on so far as unders. Astros, Rangers, Red Sox, and Orioles. All right, let's move on and look at uh, the award winners. So for the MVP, I, I never thought I'd say this. I am reluctantly going with Mike Trout. And usually I'm excitedly going with Mike Trout. I probably just pick Mike Trout before the year, every year for like the last eight years. And this year I thought to myself, you know, this is the year I'm not going to do it. Like he's gotten hurt a little bit. His defense is backed up. And I think this might be the last year where I can confidently say he is without question the best player in baseball. So I think a year from now it'll be like Soto or Tatis or Acuna or somebody. And they started looking around the rest of the American League. And yeah, there's good players, but it's like, oh yeah, Mookie Betts isn't there anymore. And Francisco Lindor isn't there anymore. And if I'm looking at some of the other guys, like, do I feel confident about Bregman or Judge or, I don't know, like Vlad Jr.? I guess I don't. And I'm going to go with Trout because he still crushes the ball and he's still Mike Trout, but I don't feel great about it. And that's a weird position to be in. <laughs> Matt, well, what do you have? I'm going with a, a slight dark horse
3: pick, I think. Um, I'm, I'm going with Yon Mancada. Uh, okay. I just... I think the White's. This is all just me because you know buying more into the White Sox, and I think that in twenty nineteen he wasn't just like on the verge of true superstardom, and then last year he had COVID and never really recovered, and he sort of spoke to that. But I think he's like, I think he's on the verge of superstardom again, and I just I just believe, and I think the White Sox are going to be really good, and he will be the best player on an ascendant team, which is always a good um, narrative combination for uh, winning an award. So that's my pick.
1: I think they have too many good players, right? It could be him or it could be Anderson or it could be like Robert, you know, I, I think that I'm trying to play the, uh, trying to game theory this as well, but I guess, you know what? The same problem exists for the angels and if they win, maybe it'll be Otani, uh, Anthony.
2: Well, it's funny because a year ago at this time, or actually 13 months ago at this time, prior to COVID, uh, I picked Moncada as my, uh, guy to challenge trout. There's always the guy who challenges trout. I thought he would be the guy and I, you know, doomed him to a uh, COVID experience, apparently, and, and uh, a lackluster year. But I'm going to go with uh, – it's a good pick, though, Matt. Uh, I'm going to go with Vladimir Guerrero, Jr. Because, Ooh. again, if I'm – I just do the domino effect. If I'm going to be bullish on the Blue Jays and pick them to win the East, then somebody's got to be their dude. And I think he's going to be the dude that we expect him to be before long. He's been a quality – he has been fine. He's been above average, but he hasn't been, you know, the superstar – uh the people envision but you know I'll I'll buy the narrative he's lost weight and he'll gain OPS
1: the the fifth best player on the fifth best team <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm I'm only half kidding I want very much for him to go and crush but I don't know I'm a little less optimistic about it now especially cuz I think he's a, a first baseman but all right I went with Trout Anthony went with Vladimir Guerrero Jr Matt went with Yuan. Moncada Rookie of the year is kind of a fun one because you can have a guy who was great last year still be eligible, like, say, Randy Rosarina. And I i really did not want to pick him. I did pick him. I picked Randy Rosarena, just so you know. But I didn't want to. I felt it was too obvious. And I, I kind of walked to the line between being like, I don't want to pick the guy who's so obvious, uh, but I also don't want to outthink myself out of the best choice. And I don't think he's as good as he was last year, certainly. But I, I do think we saw enough of him to say, this guy's going to hit is going to hit well. And when I look at some of the other guys, it's like, okay, some of them, I don't know when they're coming up. I don't know how much time they're going to spend in the big leagues. You know, there's a, another candidate. I'm trying not to like give away your guys' names here, even though I don't know what you picked. One of the other candidates is basically like just a DH. You know, there's a couple starting pitchers. How many innings are they going to be allowed to get? There's a lot of things I don't know. And so I kind of just went not with the favorite so much as the safe pick because I know Rosa Reina will get a shot to play and I'm reasonably confident uh, that he'll hit, so that's that's for me, Anthony. Who do you have?
2: I got Jared Kelnick. Um, okay, because a the talent and and just kind of the moxie, he's got a bit of that. Um, but also, you know, because some things happened this offseason. Uh, Go I think, on. <laughs> I think their front <laughs> office is in a position where they're going to have no credibility in that clubhouse whatsoever. If they don't give him a meaningful number of at-bats, if he's ready, and I just think he'll prove his readiness. I know he's had the you know, he had the knee injury that kind of nipped that situation in the bud for spring training, but it's going to present itself again in the not-too-distant future. So I, I do think the at-bats will ultimately be there, and I just think he's he's talented enough to make the most of them.
1: No, you're right. If, if not for the knee, I probably would have picked him because yeah. I think you're right. They would have been almost forced to have him up on opening day, and now I'm not so sure you know, if or when that happens. And that that uncertainty kind of factored into my pick a little bit. Matt, what do you got?
3: I picked Randy Rosarino as well. Uh, I think the only thing that could hurt him is just like some voters almost having like a Rosarena fatigue and just being like, well, is he really, you know, almost like holding it against him that he got to play last year and the, the extended postseason was really good. You know, it's sort of the way in the past. Some, some voters have almost like held it against players coming over from Japan where it's like, oh, well, he's not really a rookie. You know, he's 30 and he's been playing. It don't. It almost feels like there might be some of that. But um i believe he's gonna you know he's gonna get the playing time i believe he's gonna hit you know comfortably above average hitter um and uh that's that's why
1: you know i just realized as we were talking about this anthony might get the chance to like tilt the deck here a little bit like anthony you are have been an award voter in the past right for for some of these awards
2: yeah yeah
1: Yeah. Uh, see bat and i are also both in the bbwa but because we're in the new york chapter where there are a million people there's
2: a lot of uh, people yeah
1: we never get an award. So now I'm just like imagining you getting this next year and casting the deciding vote for Kellenic, And then we can come back and listen to this and say, well, you tilted it for <laughs> us.
2: Um, I'm trying to remember. I think I might've had rookie of the year last year. I could be wrong. Um, I already do not remember, but-
1: uh, No, nor should so,
2: you. <laughs> so I don't think I would get it two years in a row, but uh, um, but I will be happy to to influence my own uh, prediction as much as possible. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Um, finally, Cy Young, I'm going- I'm going with a repeat winner because I think everything that Shane Bieber did last year was not only uh, monumentally impressive, it was completely repeatable and sustainable. Like there was nothing I saw about him last year that, where I looked at it and I said, "Well, he couldn't do this over 30 starts." Like I, I think he can. I think he was fantastic the year before in a way that nobody noticed except for the players. I know, you know, Matt, we were at a piece where the players, a lot of the hitters, were like, "Oh, I hate facing that Bieber guy," and this was kind of before he had his big breakout. So. You probably shouldn't bet on back-to-back winners, but I'm going to anyway because I, I think Bieber is is that good. Anthony, you've seen him up close a couple of times, uh, I imagine. Where are you on Bieber and Isai?
2: Uh, he's, he's definitely good enough to do it again. I mean, the, the depth of the repertoire had only increased last year. Um, and the qualifier, of course, is it, it was a strange year with a strange schedule, and he probably uh, you know used that to his advantage. Um but yeah, obviously he has the capability of, of winning back-to-back, but I'm going to go with Garrett Cole. Um, yeah, very obviously one of the best pitchers in the game, has yet to win the Cy Young because 2019 happened, And um, but I just think that uh, having settled in now uh, in the Bronx and, and we saw the way he pitched uh, down the stretch last season was fantastic. And um, and I don't know the composition of the baseball this year. I don't really know how big of a deal that's ultimately going to be. I think it's being made out to be a bigger deal than it is, but... That's the one way he gives up runs is via home runs. So if that is suppressed even a little bit, uh, they'll just make Garrett Cole that much better. So I, I think he's going to get it this year. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Anthony. Uh, that, that Garrett Cole is my is my pick
3: for that re- is for my reason for that reason. Like he, I think that you know, I think and what I think one of you wrote, wrote wrote this this week about just how the, the the slight change in the baseball might keep the ball in the park a little bit and cut his home run rate by enough to um, put him over the top. So uh, and he will, as, as you noted, he'll kind of have the narrative on his side, having never won it. And that just ends up kind of mattering, I think, when things are close.
1: This is like completely off track here. But whenever people talk about the deadened ball for this year, I think that phrase makes them think it's going to be like 1902 kind of baseball. <laughs> it's just it's not. Like, oh, the ball is going to be dead. The leader is going to have seven homers. <laughs> it's like, no, it just, I think it's going from, I don't know, a 10 to an eight or something like that on a one to 10 scale. I have no inside information. I read the same stuff you guys do, but that's just a personal peeve I've already seen. Like, oh, it's Ty Cobb game again. <laughs> no, I agree. I think it's more just, just like, sure that's true.
3: if he just shaves like, you know, four home runs off his, you know, off his ledger, that might be enough, you know?
1: Okay, Uh, we're going to go and do some surprise and disappointing teams and finish off with who's going to come out in the playoffs. Uh, My surprise team, you can kind of guess because I already said it, the Rays, I don't think it's... I I do think it's kind of weird to say my surprise team is the team that just went to Game 6 of the World Series last year, but I also feel like everyone has written them off. And my disappointing team is kind of right in the same division. I think the Blue Jays pitching is going to be a tremendous problem. I think the Rays will uh, surprise people, and so will the Blue Jays. But maybe in a different way. Matt, who are your two teams? Um, my surprise team, I guess. I mean,
3: it's weird, right? Because I'm talking, I'm going by the going by the um, projections. I guess my surprise team would be the Angels. Um, but I think um, the popular wiz, you know, the popular opinion right now, because of the hype around Otani and spring training, I don't think necessarily sees them as a surprise team. But I think that they're going to overachieve relative to. 84 wins. Um, you stole my disappointing team, um, which is the Blue Jays. So I'll oh, to, no. to, <laughs> to
2: <laughs> sorry, pick someone, Toronto
3: fans. <laughs> to pick someone else, I'll I'll say I'll say the Indians. I think this is this this is the year that they finally kind of really fall off of that you know that upper tier
2: of teams in that division.
1: Anthony, are you allowed to say Cleveland if you wanted to, or did you get run right out of town?
2: Well, I don't even know. I mean, what's all relative? I think people here are already disappointed. So there's no disappointing (laughs) that (laughs) anything from here is upside potential. Um, I already said the Mariners, I think, could be a surprise team. Again, probably not to the playoff level, but I I do think they could be a lot better than, than people anticipate. Um, and then disappointing. I mean, you, you, you said the Blue Jays already, but just because in my own uh, sphere, I've, I've hyped them up a bit. And I kind of did that before they even did anything. I just kind of said going in the winter, like, look out for the Blue Jays. They're really going to be a fascinating team. And they were a fascinating team this winter. But I could... There's definitely... Uh, you know, a scenario where this all blows up in their face, you know, where, where Springer gets hurt because he's, he's sometimes had trouble, you know, doing 162 and, and the lineup doesn't produce as expected. And the rotation is just a hot mess. So I could totally envision that scenario. Um, I, I, you know, I, I can do that for a lot of teams in the American league, to be honest with you. It's not, it's not a super imposing league right now. Um, so there's probably more, uh, you know, more ground for potential disappointment than anything.
1: Did all three of us pick the Blue Jays as a disappointment? Because <laughs> that is crushing.
2: No, <laughs> no Anthony picked not, them as a I'm surprise. Not picking them. No, oh, I, I oh, picked sorry, them sorry. I picked them as a potential disappointment and probably disappointing me because I picked them to win the oh, division. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of works both ways. I picked them to win the division and I picked you're them to surprise. Really you're hedging your bets. <laughs> you picked them to disappoint. win the division, but you also disappointed disappoint. me. Me is who they're going to disappoint.
1: (laughs) By the way, earlier, Anthony, when you were talking about the White Sox and how things just sort of happen, and and I made a joke that you kind of were like reading the Mets preview as well. Uh, Literally, while we're doing this, SNY has reported that Carlos Carrasco has now also injured his hamstring and will probably be out for the beginning of the season. The Mets can have new owners and new general manager, and they will always be the Mets, I guess, which we'll get into next week with Sarah Langs when we do the National League. All right, let's finish off this show by picking our playoff teams and who's going to come out of the league I, if you go East, Central, West, right? I want Yankees, Twins, and Astros, White Sox and Rays in the wild card, Yankees in the World Series. Um, that actually has not happened in quite some time, and yet I always pick it. Yankees, Twins, Astros, White Sox and Rays in the wild card game, which would be really fun, and Yankees into the World Series. Matt, what did you end up with?
3: Well, my question for you first is Are the Twins going to win a playoff game this year?
1: Yes, <laughs> one, precisely
3: one. <laughs> Um I'm going with the AL East. I'm taking uh the Yankees, uh the White Sox in the central and the Angels in the west. uh my wild card teams are the Rays and the Twins and I have the White Sox going to the World
1: Series. Rays and Twins. I remember we have like the old style wild card here. Rays and Twins in a one game uh playoff. I mean I have Rays and White Sox, so I think either way that would be fun. Anthony,
2: um I'm trying to be intellectually consistent with what I did. uh, No, this show is not about consistency. (laughs) We did our way too early division picks, but uh, I can't. I can't pick the Mariners (laughs) like I did then. I thought they might actually do something in the winter, and they didn't. (laughs) So I got to change that up. Uh, But I'll stick with the Blue Jays and White Sox. I have the Blue Jays and White Sox there, and then I'll go with the A's uh, in the West. And then the wild card, I'll go Yankees and Twins. Um, AL pennant winner, uh, gosh. I mean, let's go White Sox. White Sox. Because again, I I do think the Blue Jays, they were my original pick, but uh, I am a little concerned about that rotation and I'm less, much less concerned about the White Sox uh, pitching staff. So the White Sox will, will find a way to get it done.
1: Matt, you just asked if this is the year the twins will win a playoff game, not even a series, right? Just a playoff game. I think I read that it's been like 6,000 days since their last playoff win. And now Anthony has a one game wild card, which would potentially be the twins going into Yankee stadium. Which just seems like it's an assault on every Twins fan, if you know the history.
2: I I can't believe you guys made your predictions and forgot about that little known, uh, you know, bylaw uh, in the MLB uh, collective bargaining agreement (laughs) that the Twins and Yankees have to face each other early in the postseason. And so there it is. It's going to happen in the wild card. And
1: it has to be in Yankee Stadium. I I don't think like I like Twins fans and I have, you know, Twins friends who are writers. I don't think I could. uh, I, I just I wouldn't wish that upon them. To have to go a Yankee Stadium. It's not fair, I guess, is the way I would put it. Anthony, thank you so much for hanging out with us for an hour and talking about the American League. It's going to be a fun season. I think it's going to be a little different than last year. Fingers crossed. And we will be back next week with Sarah Langs. We will do it again for the National League. That'll do it for this week's podcast. Don't miss an episode by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying the show or have any suggestions, leave us a rating and a review. Thanks for listening to the Ballpark Dimensions podcast. See you next week.